Happy Thursday afternoon, everyone, as we embark on week eight of the NFL season. Wiz, good afternoon to you. How are we doing today? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Very well, very well. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, ready to get going here. Uh, Some injury stuff to cover first and some nuggets around the league, and then we can uh, tackle tonight's uh, game between the Carolina Panthers, who are hosting the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, I'm I'm just catching up on a couple of different things here injury-wise. I think, you know, one of the things that we've noticed all, all season long, you know, aside from inconsistent quarterback play, is Julian Edelman just hasn't been right. And I, I guess what's coming across the wires right now is that it uh, looks like Edelman's about to miss some time uh, with that nagging knee injury. So, so that's one thing. There's some COVID situations going on. And, uh, you know, why don't you fill us in on some other stuff that you kind of see happening and maybe comment on, on, on some of the stuff that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman is... You know, just I, I think he's just a drop candidate right now. I mean, it's a combination of a few things. I mean, it, the connection has just been off with whoever has been quarterbacking the Patriots. His snap count is way, way down. I mean, he's he's not out there that much. Um, Cam Newton play has been horrific. Edelman's injury, he just can't create separation. It's all making for just the player to be a complete drop candidate uh, at this point. Um, and, when, and when you see like he's going to miss some game action, I, I'm guessing they're not talking about, you know, that he's not going to be out there every snap. I, I think they may be talking about shutting him down for a while. More, You know, more to come with that. That's something to keep your eye out. But you have a lot of patience if you have Edelman um, and have stuck with him through at this point. Because uh, except one game at the Seahawks, which the Seahawks make every receiver on any team look spectacular, it's been just a complete waste of a season for Edelman. And uh, yeah, you know, big injuries uh, around the league this last week. Um, that's going to open the door for some receivers, and we're definitely going to get into that <clears throat> with the podcast for the weekend. Uh, and um, and the week eight games, but uh, I guess mainly we're going to talk about the game tonight. And uh, I'm looking right now at the current line, and you know I'm just always suspicious about when lines move one way or another, and it doesn't make sense to me. Like the game last week, you know the Lions and Falcons. It just figured that game was going to be sixty, seventy points. And then that line kept creeping down the total, and it was started off like at 57, and it had gotten down to 54 and a half. And I guess what I'm leading up to is the game tonight, and the line is just a strange line to me. You just figure that Atlanta having to play a few days later after that demoralizing loss, that you know the line would be like at at Carolina. You figure Carolina would be three and a half, a four point favorite, and this line is down to one and a half. Where some smart people and some big money action is coming in on the Falcons. Believe it or not, and uh, I don't know. It's not a game that I particularly like from a, a point spread either way. But I'm always suspicious about these line movements, and uh, we've not talked about it at all. Do you do you have a view on the game from a betting perspective? So I think it's very funny that you talked about it in, in that regard. So I have written down suspicious 
suspicious line. We, we haven't talked at all. We haven't spoken w- one thing about this game. And I just have a note, suspicious line. Because the same as you, when I, when I thought about this game, I figured I'd be, because I hadn't really looked at anything yet for the week, to be quite frank. Um, and I figured, you know, somewhere between, I don't know, four and five points for this game, something like that. And yeah, like you said, it's down to two. Where did it open, actually? Did it open around four? It didn't open at four, but it opens at a field goal. It opens three. And I'll tell you, for a line to move off of three, there has to be a lot of money. Because when a line opens at three, the bookmakers or whoever's making the odds, Vegas, they don't kind of like to budge off that line. They really, really don't because that's the way they get middled. People take three and then they lay two and a half. So they don't kind of like to budge from three. Three and seven are kind of numbers that the lines don't like to usually budge from. But this line is down to one and a half, and uh, I don't know, maybe there'll be some action coming in on the Panthers thinking that that's a good line, but it reminds me of the game of two weeks ago where Minnesota looked like they had things turned around, Atlanta had come off another one of those games, and instead of the line going up for the Vikings, the line was like going down, it went to like six or five and a half, five. And the Falcons just destroyed the Vikings in that game. So I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But when I see a line like this, it looks too easy for Carolina, who's played well, competitive, in just about every game. They lost a tough, tough game that they easily could have won at, at New Orleans last week. And now they're coming home off that game that the Falcons lost, it, it doesn't look right to me. So I'm taking a pass on it. If this game was played on a Sunday with 14 other games, I certainly would take a pass on it. But even as being the standalone game tonight, I'm taking a complete pass on the game. And uh, I don't know if you had a view or have a view or uh, any opinion on the total as well, but uh, I'm taking a, a complete pass on the game. Uh, well, I think I think I, I think bo- I think point. first off, b- both teams are coming off tough losses, right? Let, let, let's look at that because Carolina was extremely In different ways, though. Yeah, In no, different completely ways. different ways. I mean, Atlanta had no business uh, losing that game whatsoever last week. Matt Ryan in the huddle. Matt Ryan is in the huddle on on a hot mic, telling his players. Just fall down before the end zone. Do not score. They know what they're dealing with. They got a short field goal. <laughs> that's, that's all they have to do to win this ball game. And they don't want to give Stafford the ball back. And you know that crazy play where, yeah, like the, the, the I think you, we mentioned this uh, uh, earlier in the week about this. So you had noted that the player there was a Detroit player that grabbed hold of of Todd Gurley and you know let go of him. I guess his 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 inertia kind of moved him forward. He broke the plane, and then you see. Detroit Lion players celebrating because they're going to get the ball back with one timeout, and Matt Stafford took him down the field and, and threw that winning touchdown to Hawkinson. So, yeah, that's one way to lose a game. And then you know Carolina was kind of going back and forth with with a depleted um, New Orleans Saints team, no Emmanuel Sanders, no Mike Thomas, and you know as you mentioned, they've stayed in every single game this year, and they they couldn't gut it out, and they ended up losing the game. So yeah, both teams come into this uh, with tough losses in different ways. I personally would stay away. As I said, I wrote down suspect line, uh, suspicious line. I don't want anything to do with this one. I will note to gamblers out there. So 
there's a lot of weather that needs to be watched this week, including this game tonight. There is rain in the forecast, 50-55% chance of rain during game time here. So something to watch. Uh, currently, the over-under, I see it 51.5. But I am going to take a complete pass on gambling on this ball game tonight. Yeah, I think that's probably is, is why the total is down to that as well. But uh, all right, so I think we're both in, in agreement. And uh, we, we don't talk about this stuff until we get on there. We, we want this thing to be as naturally sounding as if we're having a regular conversation. I hope that comes across. So we, we've not discussed that. I will say this, Wiz, too. Like, I, I was kind of astounded because you know I'm kind of a weather hawk. And I'm looking at this stuff, and I've even warned, you know, I've talked. To, we had our little press conference uh, or a little, little team conference uh, earlier uh, in the day to discuss one of our teams. And I've been talking about the, the the wind, which is going to be a factor this weekend. But I was astonished at the beginning of the week when the lines initially came out on DraftKings, how high some of these lines were. First off, the lines have gradually been coming down. Uh, over-unders have gradually been coming down as the season has progresses. Uh, the weather is changing a little bit now. But there was a lot of wind in the forecast for this current weekend coming up. Granted, I know you can't predict that exactly, but scientific models on weather have gotten a lot better. And I was shocked at where some of these lines came in to start the week in, on DraftKings. Some of them have moved as much as four or five points lower uh, in terms of the over-unders. Uh, I managed to get in on one of them. I'll discuss that um, uh, you know, tomorrow when we, when we do the, you know, the, the coming week uh, preview. But uh, I was quite astonished that... Folks like DraftKings weren't on top of this stuff because it was ridiculously off, given what was potentially uh, on the horizon in terms of weather. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep track of that. I mean, if you have Patrick Mahomes, um, like I do, um, I mean, I, I was forced to bench him <laughs> this past week for Matt Stafford. It, it worked out, but I mean, if you look at what's happened two weeks ago, they played in, a, in a, an absolute driving rainstorm against Buffalo, and then last week in a, in a, in a blizzard-type conditions uh, where their defense is scoring, special teams are scoring, and he, he really didn't have to throw the ball a lot. So, uh, you know, you hope the weather gets better for, for Kansas City. But definitely, you know, to me when I look at this, I don't necessarily mind the rain. I think, you you know, I've seen Dan Marino talk about this often where he said he loved when it was raining and the field was like that because he the grip on the ball was good to throw it and his receivers knew where they were going and sometimes it was different for the, for the you know, the, the cornerbacks and safeties with their footwork to, you know, get, to, to be able to not re- react quickly enough and to be able to make big plays. But the thing that really I look at is wind and when there was wind and like basically not only is it you know kind of gusting winds but it gets to a point where you know for half the game from one field to the other the wind is gusting in a way where it's impossible to throw the ball so your your fantasy players from a quarterback and wide receiver and tight end perspective even much more so you know important than running backs it's impossible to throw or catch the ball and make big plays in the passing game for two quarters of the game so i'm looking at the wind and uh you know, that figures to be a factor like you were talking to me about earlier in, in one or two of the games this week. That's why I know you bet one of those games early. So that's what I'm looking at uh, as far as weather. But getting to the game tonight from a DraftKings betting props perspective, um, 
I am reverting back to the same thing I felt in week five when these two teams played. I'm all about Mike Davis. Um, the, the, the running backs last year against the Falcons when these two teams played, when Wild McCaffrey went ballistic with receptions and yardage and all of that stuff, and Mike Davis had a great game in week five when they played, I'm not getting off that bandwagon. I'm not getting off that train. I'm staying on Mike Davis, total yards, and over receptions for this game. Um, and I'm okay with the fact that it's going to be raining. I'm good with that. I, that's going to probably mean a lot more short passes for Teddy Bridgewater than Davis. So as far as player props go, I'm loving Mike Davis over total yards and over receptions. What say you about this game? So I, I was a little afraid of the yardage total, quite honestly. And, and, and I know he had a great game against him last week, but I was enticed by the, the reception one. Um, I think one of the most consistent uh, players so far in this fantasy season has been Robbie Anderson. Um, I, in fact, I think he might be ranked in the top three of all wide receivers in fantasy. So I, I, I like both receivers on, on Carolina to go over. Atlanta is one of the worst defenses in the league uh, in terms of defending the pass. So I like, I like the – so basically the whole Carolina p- uh, passing game is something that I'm attracted to. So I like the over on the receptions on, on Mike Davis, and I like both of those receivers going, you know, having kind of like 80, 85 to 100-yard games uh, – in, in this I'm, one. I, I'm guessing you're talking about that top two guys, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, right? Co- correct. Correct. Yep. All right. So Ro- Robbie Anderson, you like over 75 and a half yards receiving, and DJ Moore, you like over 67 and a half yards receiving. In terms of receptions, take a Robbie Anderson at six and a half, uh, and DJ Moore at five and a half. Are you are you going with that, or you think you know you're you're going to stick with yards because you know they may not catch a lot of balls, but there's going to be some big plays in the passing. Yeah, I'm going to stick with yards for those two players and the over on receptions for Mike Davis. Yeah, I'm going to go over Mike Davis five and a half catches, and I'm going to go over Mike Davis total yards for uh, 99 and a half. I think we'll get well over 100 yards of offense in the game because, you know, look, I I like over five and a half receptions, and you like over five and a half receptions. So for him to reach that goal, which we do think is going to happen, I'm going to assume, you know, if he catches six, seven balls, I think he caught nine the first time he played. But if he catches six, seven balls, I think it'll come to 60, 70 yards, and I think we'll be able to, uh, you know, combine with the rushing, get to 100. So we're looking and that that's what we like as far as maybe a guy that's under the radar a cheap salary guy on DraftKings something that somebody could put in their lineup tonight that they could use which will allow them to maybe use the bigger guys the Robbie Anderson's the DJ Moore's the Teddy Bridgewater's Matt Ryan's or Julio whatever whoever you like in the game do you have a guy that's kind of well under the radar that you think could perform in this game tonight so I, the one thing I would ask is Justin Gage playing in this game. We don't know that yet, right? He's been he's been a little nicked up. Uh, I, I keep my eye on that. If if um, if it if it is the case, um, and then he doesn't play in this game, I would I would from the Atlanta side uh, I would say uh, Zacchaeus. And from from the Carolina side, because they really don't, they're really not that deep in, in what they do. And this player has done next to nothing so far this year. But could he sneak in a little touchdown and maybe go over twenty yards for the first time receiving? Uh, Ian Thomas might be a little bit of a sneaky play in this one, uh, especially if it's a little bit rainier, shorter passes type of stuff. So those are two guys that maybe I would look at as being surprises for tonight. 
Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that I think that's interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Hill. Um, yeah, I'm looking at game script and. I know the line's going down, and look, if it's a competitive game, then Brian Hill may not be in there as much as you know I would like if I'm if I'm taking him in DraftKings. Uh, but that being said, if if Carolina gets off and we like a bunch of the Carolina players to do something in this game, you 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 will see a lot of Brian Hill if Atlanta is kind of in catch up mode in this game, which they very well could be. Uh, but irrespective, you know, I I don't know. It's not like I give out players at halftime and say, okay, play Brian Hill or not. So I'm going to go before the game starts, hoping that there will be game script where Brian Hill gets a fair amount of action. I'm going to go Brian Hill in there to to do something in the offense uh, in the event um, that he's out there a fair amount of time, which I I hope is the case when I play him. So Brian Hill is going to be my under-the-radar player for tonight. All right, fantastic. And I just and, and I don't really have anything to add on this game, but just a couple of quick things and kind of that I have on my mind. First off, it looks like Andy Dalton's not going to play, so keep that in mind for your Cowboy skill players. He didn't practice again today. He's in concussion protocol, so that's one thing. There's news coming across the wire here. Adam Schefter's reporting that there are some uh, fractures in the thumb of Gardner Minshew, so there's an impact there on how things could – they're going to be on break this week. How they come out of that break is something to keep in mind uh, there. Um, there are a couple yeah, of... I'm just looking at here now is more than, you know, conjecture about Julian Edelman. Apparently he's had a procedure. Okay, um, yeah. And he's going to, you know, he, he he's going to definitely miss this week and maybe further action. But it sounds like there was some sort of arthroscopic done and... Um, I don't know, you know, even before we this has come across, you know, we were talking about probably a drop candidate, you know, I think you just, you know, have to move on from Julian Edelman. Uh, he's going to miss this game, and I'm not sure how much other, um, how much more time he's going to miss, but, uh, yeah, Julian Edelman has had a knee procedure and has been ruled out already for this week's game against the Bills. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because on, on, on the Patriots, um, Nikhil Harry's got a concussion from that game. So really, they're not left with a lot here. Um, we've talked about this already, but keep your eyes open for potential trades uh, because the, you are going to see some trades happen before the trade deadline, which is next week, this week. So the Patriots could be involved in something like that. But this kind of elevates uh, both Bird and I guess, uh, you know, we, we saw it last week in that game, but Jacoby Myers, who's probably on almost every single wave of wire out there. Uh, you know, he actually ended up having a good game in that second half. So that's one thing to keep in mind on that front. There are a couple of players who have landed on COVID lists and, and players that have had contact with them. The Giants are involved with that, with uh, Gabe Hernandez, their offensive lineman. There is a, San, uh, a Las Vegas, uh, sorry, Los Angeles Charger as well. Haven't named the player yet. So just a couple of things to keep your eye on as you're going into pickups. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, keep your eye on for trades. There's stuff going on constantly, and uh, you have to stay on top of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we got some key players with concussions. You have to wait and see how that plays out. And, uh, and, and, and a bunch of players who are just missing time, you know, limited, not practicing. And you just don't know until it gets to the end of the week. This, uh you know, the, the, this is just, you know, tough to predict, and it's tough to do this because a lot of leagues, I'm, I'm going to say probably 90 
95% of the leagues ha- you know, are going to have moves by tonight. Most leagues and a fair amount of leagues have start their moves process waiver wire on Tuesday night, Wednesday night for certain, and, and, and whatever leagues have not done those nights are going to do it tonight. So it's really tough to have to make these moves on Thursday night, and then there's a whole host of things that are going to come out on Friday and even Saturday. So it makes the pickups tough. There has to be a fair amount of guesswork into it, but I think if you listen to us, you know, you'll be a little bit more prepared than if you, you know, if, if you're listening to other podcasts, because it's about who the next guy up is and who's going to get the opportunity and who's going to make something of that opportunity. So that's what we're all about. We've given out some real, real winners, the Travis Pilgrims, the Harrison Bryants of the world um, over these last couple of weeks. And I think we'll uh, continue it. I, I know I have a lot of players up my sleeve that I'm going to talk about on the podcast for the weekend. So uh, um, guys that probably aren't even listening to the top 50, a hundred that I think are going to get in there and do something uh, this week going forward as well. So, It'll be interesting to talk about on Saturday. Yep. So, and then the other thing uh, I should I should bring up is kind of interesting. Like I'm I'm thinking in my head about this particular player. So I'm looking at the schedule. So I hate hamstring injuries and, and strains when it comes to wide receivers and not good injuries. Uh, Debo Samuel, who I own a couple own in a couple of leagues, so they've suggested that he's going to miss a couple of weeks. I'm actually surprised they're not IRing the player. So when I look at the schedule, the San Francisco 49ers are actually off in Week 11. So if you're the Niners and you're you got the player that's probably going to miss Week eight and week nine why would you actually actually put him back out there in, in, in week 10 and, and and you know rush him back so just something that I have in mind so in one of my leagues I'm partners with you I, I actually thought that uh, Kendrick Bourne made a little bit of sense you know from a perspective that he he'll get some action in there with 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 Debo out um, and I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that they are in IR in the player when he's probably going to miss a couple of weeks and rushing him back in week 10 when you have week 11 off doesn't make a lot of sense so we'll see how that kind of shakes out what you know to me is so frustrating about some of these injuries, and I'll tell you two that stand out to me: the, the Mike Thomas and the and the Debo Samuels. Neither of those players should have been on the field when those injuries occurred. The Saints had the game completely wrapped up. I don't even know what Mike Thomas was in there for. And then the Debo Samuel came when they were completely annihilating the Patriots, and they gave him an end-around sweep, and he hurt himself on the play, and he was just standing there frustrated as all hell, slamming his helmet down. Like, I just don't understand some of these coaches. With the injuries that are going on, uh, especially like a player like Debo Samuel, who's kind of had difficulty staying on the field. I don't understand why they're on the field. And in some of these games, the Mike Thomas play, the guy rolled up behind them on a running play. I just don't know what he was in there for at the end of that game. That game was over. The, the 49er game was over. So those are two frustrating injuries from a standpoint of they just should have been on the field at that time. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. You hate to see it happen. You hate to see it happen to your players. It's just, and you know, when you see it happen, like you just want to go backwards and rewind the tape. You're like, did that really just happen? You see the player grab the back of his leg. It's just super frustrating to see that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, it, 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 it really is. These injuries are difficult. And like you were saying, the hamstring thing, I mean, I don't know if the 49ers are going to wait to see, like, how they do in this game against the Seahawks, how important the week, you know, nine game is. But, I mean, if he misses eight and nine, you know, unless he's 100% at full strength, um, you know, I, I think, you know, what you're saying is pretty logical to, you know, let him sit out. But then again, now look how much time you're talking about. You're not talking about him stepping on the field until week 12, uh, potentially. And, uh, you know, same thing has gone on with John Brown. I own, I own him in one league, and he got off to such a hot start. And then, like, they played him in that game against Kansas City, and, like, he just could hardly walk. I mean, he was out there, and the, the conditions were terrible, and it, like, set the player back three weeks. So I just think teams are, for a lack of a better word, stupid when it comes to some of these players. Like, you're better off missing a key week and having the player back than, like, trying to force the issue and then that setting the injury back, like, three, four weeks, which seems that is done with John Brown. And uh, so I, I think teams need to be smart um, with their injuries. And I know we talked about this weeks ago when it happened, but you, you were right on the money. I mean, I think the best thing that happened to A.J. Brown was that cancellation of that game where he, in, uh, if the game was played originally, he may have tried to tough that one out and who knows what happened, got the extra week, and now he's been a force. No question about it. All right, so that's Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, again, we'll be back at you uh, with our Week 8 weekend preview. Uh, we wish you all a good time uh, watching the game tonight, Carolina against Atlanta. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, and we'll wish you a good afternoon. Thanks very much, Wiz. You got it.